right, Converge, you ready for the word tonight? Yeah, 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 yeah. The psalmist said it this way, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I always get excited when we have an opportunity to gather around God's word together, but also when we get to gather in community and in fellowship. The Greek word there for fellowship is koinonia. It means intimate connection. And thank you guys so much for prioritizing this time together. It is the most wonderful time of the year, but it can also be the busiest time of the year. And the fact that you're here uh, says to us that being with people of like precious faith is a high priority. So we're going to start off this, this uh, sermon series uh, as we enter into uh, the Christmas season uh, with uh, a tag team message that Pastor Wendy and I are going to do. And uh, this is the first installment. We're going to be tag teaming over the next three weeks. And the culmination of this series will be on December 18th for Christmas at Converge. Let me reiterate what Coquetso said. On your way out, you're going to have some invite cards that we ask you to take, all right? At least, here it is, at least. There's no maximum, but we ask that you take at least five cards per family and start to prayerfully consider who you will invite on December 18th, all right? So December 18th is not just for our Converge family of faith or Converge nation. In fact, we want Converge nation to expand and grow. And if it's going to grow, you have a part to play in it. So we're asking you, we're inviting you to take some invite cards on your way out at the end of today's worship experience and prayerfully consider who you will not just invite, here it is, consider who you're going to bring. And let me just help you, right? It's harder to just approach a random stranger and say, hey, you want to come to my church on the 18th? Well, start with people you know, people within your circle of influence where that conversation, that invitation is not going to be awkward. And when I talk about people within your circle of influence, it might be a family member. It might be a coworker. It might be a next door neighbor. And this is what I know, right? At Easter and at Christmas, 80% of people who are asked, and this is based on a, a survey that was done a few years ago, 80% of the people who are invited to either an Easter service or a Christmas service will come if they're simply asked. Uh, because people are more prone to come at Christmas, Easter, and here it is, also on Mother's Day, right? I just found out they're called CMEs. Come on, somebody. So let's invite some of those CMEs because they want to come on Christmas. They want to come Mother's Day and also Easter. And you have a part to play, right? To do the work of an evangelist. But I'm super excited because we start this brand new series. And not only because we start a brand new series, I'm as equally as excited because I get to tag team with my mocha princess. We got all dressed up just for y'all in our Christmas uh, sweaters and all that good stuff. Amen. You might be asking why Christmas playlist, right? And, and here's why. Here's the thought process, right? Here's the thought behind the thought, the TBT. Uh, you know that Christmas is near. Here it is, at least for me. It may be true for you, but at least for me, I know that Christmas is near by the sights of Christmas, right? There are certain things that you see that trigger some things in you and say, ah, Christmas is upon us, the sights of Christmas. Maybe what are some sights? What are some things you see around this time of year that make you say, ah, Christmas is right around the corner? 
What are some sights of Christmas? The not so nicely put together yard art. <laughs> the tacky yard art. Amen. What else? What else says to you, hey, Christmas is right around the corner? Lights. That's what I think of. Christmas lights. lights. Yeah, Absolutely. Christmas lights. Anybody else? What what for you? What's a sight that you would say reminds you or sort of sends this signal that Christmas is near? I see somebody pointing over there. What? Christmas trees. Come on, when you see those Christmas trees, there are certain sites that, and one of them is the Christmas tree that Christmas is near. But one of the sites, one of the sites that kind of lets us know that Christmas is near, come on somebody, those Christmas movies on Lifetime and Hallmark, BET, come on. Listen, uh, some of y'all started watching those movies at Halloween, come on somebody. <laughs> So, but around our hearts, house is one of our traditions, man. We have those movies running. <laughs> well, Amina laughing because you know it's true. Um, and uh, we have those movies running nonstop just in the background. And, uh, and we have a few favorites. I think you have a few favorites, right? What are they? You care to share or no? There's so many. I don't, I, I can't remember them, but I know, I know the one, it's the third installment this year. Kelly Rowland has been. Ooh. In this one, I can't remember. Merry Little Christmas. Merry Little Christmas. Yeah. That's a, a good one. That's a favorite. I like uh, The Christmas Story. Mm. I like, what is the one with Jack Black in it? The Holiday. The Holiday. I yes. do like The Holiday. But I can't recommend it because they drop a bomb in that. <laughs> so don't send an email and right. call me Carnal. I'm still saved. Uh, <laughs> She's still saved. I can and so, See, it gets a little tricky when you're pastoring right. and saying the movies you like because that might make somebody not go to your church because then they think that we right. don't worship right. Jesus all the time. But we yeah. do. We've been delivered. Come on, somebody. And we watch the movie so we know how to pray for those in Hollywood. Right, right, right. Come on, somebody. The sights of Christmas. Any favorite Christmas movies out there for you guys? This Christmas. All right, all right. Anybody else? It's a Wonderful Life. That's a classic. One of Levi's favorites. Actually, Home Alone. Home Alone 2, Levi watches Home Alone and Home Alone 2 year round when he's in the mood. Come on, somebody. For all the fellas out there, I know your favorite Christmas movie. Come on, Die Hard. Everybody looking at me like, what you talking about? That ain't a Christmas movie. Yeah, Reindeer Games, all that good stuff. The sights of Christmas. But here's something else, Pastor Wendy. The smells of Christmas, right? There's certain aromas, certain fragrances that fill your house and, and fill the space that you might be in that says... Christmas time is here. Any favorite smells, scents, fragrances, aromas of Christmas that signal, man, Christmas is near or Christmas is here? Cinnamon, allspice, yes. sweet potato pie. Come on, somebody. Yes. All the above. All of the above. Come Turkey, on, somebody. ham, dressing. Yeah. You name it. <laughs> Come on, I got my Shirley Caesar on. <laughs> That just came up in me. And for those of us that are from the seventh ward, gumbo. Yes. If you know, yes. you know. If you know, you know. All right, so check this out. Uh, I was doing this research because I wanted to know, right, what people are thinking, what they're watching, what they're listening to. And, uh, and you know, you can believe everything you find on the Internet, right? Yeah, yeah, everything you see on the Internet is a fact. Uh, I'm being facetious. But here it is. I couldn't get the research to agree, right? So I'm looking and I'm trying to figure out, um, and when you talk about the sights of Christmas and you talk about the greatest Christmas movies of all time, depending on who you ask, 
right? And I'm looking at all these different stats, and I can't get all of them to agree. But here it is. Uh, I just want to throw this out as we start this series just to see what you think about these movies, and then we'll get to the message. Here it is, uh, Christmas movies. This is according to Wikipedia. According to Wikipedia, uh, the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time is The Grinch with Jim Carrey. $511 million. Then there's Home Alone, the original one from 1990, $476 million. Uh, then there's Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which is the animated version from 2000. $345 million. A Christmas Carol, $325 million. The Polar Express, $314 million. And I was surprised because I had to throw this in there because it's one of my personal favorites. But according to Wikipedia, it didn't even make it to the top five. And that is our beloved Elf with Will Ferrell. And, uh, and it came in at six with $220 million. I said, well, let me double check this information. Let me fact check it. And I went on to another site called Screen Rant. And this is what they say. It, it, it's, it's, this is, the, the movies, I think there's only three, well, yeah, three out of five that match. So The Grinch, number one, 512 billion. Home Alone, 476. Uh, Dr. Seuss, 363. Home Alone, two, 358 million. And then A Christmas. Carol. So I thought that was pretty interesting that, uh, that those are the top five movies of all time, according to the box office. But here's the third and final category. It's not just the, the sights of Christmas, right? It's not just the smell or the scent of Christmas, man. I think one of the things that screams Christmas, listen, y'all, is the sound of Christmas. Come on, somebody. And I know all of y'all who love music, You've got your favorite playlist, right? And your playlist might even be seasonal, especially around this time, man. You got all your favorite Christmas tunes. And this is the part that was really frustrating because, again, I went on Billboard. Billboard wouldn't let me be great because I needed to sign up and fill it out and get a login and all of that. I was like, nah, let me move on to the next one. So I checked out Spotify. And it was crazy because, listen, uh, I've got my favorites. But how many of you realize just because you like it don't mean everybody else going to like it? So I'm just communicating my disappointment at the top 10 on Spotify. Because this is what people are listening to right now. This is what people have on their Christmas playlist. Y'all ready? Let me count it down. 10 to 1. Okay? So number 10 on Spotify, top 10 Christmas songs. Right now, number 10, Let It Snow. Frank Sinatra. Number nine, do they know it's Christmas time at all? Band-Aid. Anybody remember Band-Aid from the mid-80s? That's number nine on Spotify. People are listening to that. Number eight, Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Helms. Number seven, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Number six, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> number five, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber? Right, that's what I was saying. What is that? I have no idea, but that's number five. Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Number four, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Michael Buble. Number three, Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. 
Never heard of it in my life. But that's what people listen to on Spotify. Number two, number two, Last Christmas by when? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. Uh, anybody want to guess what number one is? Uh, the uh, yeah, uh, Christmas song, yeah, Nat King Cole. I heard Mariah Carey there. Anybody else, Levi? All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you, number one across several platforms, right? So I went on Amazon. I went on Amazon Music. This is the last one I'm going to do. This is the last one I'm going to do. Because I don't know about you. I'm thinking, where Donny Hathaway at? Where's that kid cold? This, I mean, the Christmas song. It, Justin Bieber. So, so I said, listen, I don't like these results. Let me see what's on Amazon. Because again, Billboard wouldn't let me be great. But this is what Amazon said. Number five... <laughs> That's what people listen to on Amazon Music right now. Number five, Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. Anybody? Somebody said who? Okay. Somebody listen to that? Oh, one, at least one person. Number four, again, Santa Tell Me, Ariana Grande. Number three, Feliz Navidad, Jose Feliciano. Yeah, see? Number two, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Michael Buble. And again, number one, all I want for Christmas is you. So there is some consistency around some of the songs, but some of them were totally surprising. So here it is. Whether it's the sights of Christmas, the smell of Christmas, or the sound of Christmas that lets you know that Christmas is near or that Christmas is here, here's what's true about all three of them. Whether it's the sights, the smell, or the sound of Christmas, all three of them point to the story of Jesus. And that's what the next several weeks are going to be all about for us here at Converge. We're going to celebrate the story of Jesus, but we're going to find the story of Jesus as it is woven into the sounds of Christmas. Uh, you know, playlists say a lot about the person who put it together. It tells it about their tastes, their preferences, it might even tell you a little bit about the mood that they're in, right? Because the mood you're in will determine the songs you add to your playlist. You might say, listen, I'm in the mood for some smooth jazz. I'm in the mood for this. I'm in the mood for that. But the question I had as we were preparing this series was simply this. Ray, what's going to be on your playlist this Christmas? Uh... Is your playlist going to include All I Want for Christmas is You, Jesus? What, what, what's my playlist going to say about what's in my heart, what I'm hoping, what I'm praying for? Uh, what, what about this one? Will my playlist say, I'll be home for Christmas? Meaning, as busy as this world gets, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to be fully present with the people I love and care for the most. And I think God wants us to pause long enough to begin to ask ourselves what's on our playlist and what is our playlist revealing about where we are emotionally, spiritually, and even relationally. And so as we unpack this sermon series, Christmas Playlist, 
uh, we're going to discover a little bit about what's on my playlist and what's on Pastor Wendy's playlist and what that really means as it relates. Here it is to the story of Jesus. Let's pray and we'll dive in together. Father, we love you. We honor you and we approach your word tonight with reverence and great humility. Lord, I pray that as we exalt your son Jesus, his promise is that he will draw all men, all people unto himself. Jesus, we trust you to do that. That in the midst of the busyness and the hectic nature of this season, when we can be so distracted and life can become so disruptive, we stop long enough to quiet our hearts and our minds and build a playlist for our lives that centers on the person of Jesus. Lord, we commit this journey to you, and we thank you, Lord, that you will speak to us in profound and powerful and even prophetic ways that this Christmas will be one like no other. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen and amen. So are you ready for the word? One more time. Here we go. So here it is. Uh, Pastor Wendy's going to kick this off, and I'm going to sit in my seat, and I'll say a word. Stretch your hands toward your pastor and say, help him, Lord. Amen in Jesus' name. All right, Pastor Wendy, it's all yours. Well, hello, everyone. We are so excited to be with you today. I'm very excited that it's Christmas time. Uh, I'm very excited that the season of Christmas is strategically and I guess culturally kicked off with Thanksgiving. And I'm still kind of emotionally and spiritually in a place of Thanksgiving. We just gave you a testimony last week on why the Harmons have so many reasons to be thankful. And so as we were preparing for this series, uh, I was thinking about, oh, what song do I like? I'm ready for something to kind of hit me. So I'm listening to KLTY because they have the Christmas all the time. I usually am listening to Sirius XM. I listen to the Kirk Franklin channel. And so I had to switch it over from satellite to radio so I could get KLTY. And I've just been listening to songs, waiting for something to just hit me. I'm like, oh, I like this one right here. or Oh, I like that one. And I don't really sing real good. But when I'm in the car by myself, you really can't tell because I'm just <laughs> singing along. And so we had our Thanksgiving worship service last week. So I'm still kind of in that mood. But I'm like, oh, I've got to get more into this Christmas. So I've got like six songs going because for a big talker like me, you could take, you know, old McDonald and preach a sermon off of it, you know. And so trying to pick out a Christmas song, it's like, oh, I like this one. Oh, this one. Oh, you can get a message out of this one. But I'm telling you, the one that hit me, I was driving up El Dorado and uh, the song that came on was God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And I'd never really listened to it. I had kind of joked with it, you know, kind of sing fake opera, you know, because <laughs> I can't sing real good. But I listened to the words. I had been really listening to the words. So this is kind of an overflow of Thanksgiving. But that is the song that I picked. Mm. God rest you, married gentlemen, would not naturally be on my playlist, I am not as much of a music person as Pastor Ray is. So I would be more of the cooking channel, lifetime, BET kind of person. He sets the music or I'm listening to worship. I have my favorite song that I start off with and then just kind of let it loop. And so in that repetition. But 
and listening to this song, I found like you that I could not get my research to agree. Right. So we're just going to go with it because the song, God Rest You Married Gentlemen, is also known as um, Comfort and Joy. Mm. And so that's a part of the song. It is from probably the 15th or the 16th century. Again, I couldn't find research to agree, so I just put it all in my notes <laughs> and we'll go from there. But I love, listen to verse number one. Again, the title of the song is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. If I were in Bible school or traveling and speaking of a message, I would title this message Comfort and Joy. And so you can comfort somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll have joy. Mm, but in the comfort that Christ offers us, we can choose joy. So good. Happiness, fun, those are feelings that are mostly based on our circumstantial condition. Mm. But joy is more of a deep down decision. Like, no matter what, I'm going to lift good. my eyebrows up and I am going to choose joy. On. One thing I love about our Bible study founder, Brother Kenneth Hagin, he's gone to be with the Lord right now. He would say he'd be teaching us, and we'd see him in camp meeting or teaching the students. And he says, sometimes what you have to do is just say, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he said, the joy won't come, but if you choose joy and you trust God, you just say, ha, ha, ha. Mm -hmm. Ha, ha, ha. And he said, you just act your way into a feeling, and it'll come. Yeah. And it won't just be a feeling, it's based off of the decision. But the first verse of God rest ye married gentlemen says this. God rest ye married gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Mm. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power Come on. when we were gone astray. Mm. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. And what I loved about that, a part of the research, I found that in that 15th, 16th century, the old English meaning to the word rest is not rest as we know it today. Mm. It's not, you know, lay down, take a break, self-care. The original meaning actually meant to keep. Mm. The original old English meaning. I also found that Mary, it says, God rest ye Mary, gentlemen, in the old English meaning, wasn't Mary like, you know, Merry Christmas or joy. It was like mighty, like Robin Hood's merry men. Mm. We didn't see Robin Hood's men dancing around and skipping around. Well, they danced and skipped in Shrek, but in real life, they weren't dancing and skipping around. And in Robin Hood, men in tights as well. They did skip around, but... Yes. Yeah. Okay. You said you weren't going to interrupt. Sorry, baby. Sorry, sorry. But there is grace sufficient. There is grace. Yes. Oh, my king. <laughs> but Mary, I found, meant might. So think about that. Think about, let's just change the, the wording. God keep you mighty people. So good. And even though it says, God rest you, Mary, gentlemen, it is not leaving us out, ladies. But I love that this song, it says really to us, God keep you yeah. mighty people. I God be with you that Jesus coming wasn't just for this decoration. And I think we know that cognitively, but are we taking that in relationally? Mm. 
there are a lot of preparations that are going into this season. Even myself, you should have seen me. For the last four days, I have been out scouting because my Christmas preparations are no longer just to the Christmas tree and to the house and to the cooking. I take Christmas all the way to my porch. And I am a plant person, so I found the cutest little Japanese boxwoods. And then I found the <laughs> brightest red little primrose. And so I'm going to plant my little boxwood in this planter until it's time to take it out. And I'm going to plant it in the yard. And I'm going to put those red flowers around. And I found this pair of Santa boot planters for just $25 at Walmart. You can check it out. It's the Walmart on Custer in 380. <laughs> and they are black. And they are just right. And you can put, I went to Trader Joe's and got all of these pieces of Christmas tree that I could stick down in those planter boots. And I went to the dollar store and bought me some candy canes. And I mean, I'm preparing. You just wait. By 5 <laughs> o'clock tomorrow, the porch is going to look brand new. So there is so much preparation. But guess, as we are doing our devotionals, guess what I've stumbled upon? Is we're doing all of this external preparation, but how are we preparing spiritually for the season? It's good. Good. And I love Jesus. He heard my humble cry and pitied every groan. Mm. But I had never put into context that preparing for the Christmas season wasn't just about the lights and the tree. Is that I need to be preparing myself spiritually to really receive this gift that has come into the earth. I'm going to go to the second uh, verse from God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. It says, from God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. So it's telling the full unwatered down story. Verse 3 says, speak peace mm. to all God's children. Mm. That's not just people that you go to church with. Even in the store. Today, I had gone to a store and I'm all the baskets were just out of order. Well, I'm a mom. Mamas, you know how you just like, why you just couldn't put it back right? So I'm not fussing. I didn't just leave my basket raggedy because all the other baskets were raggedy. But a part of me speaking peace is I just put four baskets in the order that I needed them to be in, that they should have been in. And an elderly gentleman said, oh, that was so kind of you. Mm. And I said, oh, wow. thank you. And I walked out of the store ran into a young lady. She asked me about my hair, invited her to church. Whoa. Simple acts. Just when the old man said, you know, oh, that was nice of you. I didn't just brush him by and just say, oh, thank you, or, you know, pat myself on the back. It's being prepared spiritually. Me just speaking to the old man, putting the baskets in the right order, made a young lady feel comfortable to ask me about my hair and I could invite her to church. If I had just come and throw my basket over to the side, right. if I'm not preparing spiritually, all I'm trying to do is get home so I can get ready for church on time. Mm. And so if you don't remember the words to this song or the scriptures I'm going to share with you, remember that this season is not just about our preparations in the external, as we need to be preparing ourselves spiritually, not just relationally with Christ, but how we can share him with other people. Because there are a lot of gentlemen and ladies that don't have rest this season. Mm. Mm. That this is a very difficult season. I'm thinking I've got a lifelong girlfriend. 
and she lost her 19-year-old daughter last December 20th. So as we're preparing, and I'm excited about my porch, there is somebody I love very much that is just wringing her hands as the 20th is approaching. I'm going to continue on with verse 3. It says, speak peace to all God's children. Their war is at an end. Iniquity is pardoned, delivered by his hand. Mm. A gift of blood and righteousness exchanged for all our sin. Old tidings of comfort and joy. You know what that verse is saying? It's all right. Good. Perfection is not the expectation. Good. I love you anyway. Mm. Let's really make a gift exchange. Jesus is saying, just give me your sin. We can do away with it. And in exchange, I will give you my peace and my love and my welcome mat to you. Verse 4 says, Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place, and with true love and brotherhood, Mm. each one now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas reveals to us God's grace old tidings of comfort and joy. Mm. So this Christmas season is not about what we've made it about. It's about actually really taking to heart that Jesus, the Son of God, loves me no matter what, Mm. that that is a tiding, meaning good news of comfort. It's okay. And because of that, you can be joyful. Mm. The scripture I picked to go with my song is Matthew 28, mm. Matthew 11, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 verse, and through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Now, for this particular message, I picked the Amplified, but just for your sake, I'm going to read it in your favorite translation, the <laughs> message. But the Amplified version says this in Matthew 11:28. 28. Come to me, all who are weary mm. and heavy burdened by religious rituals mm. that provide no peace. Wow. Jesus coming to earth was not so we would just go to church, go to church, serve, go to church, go to small group. God is not calling us to religious rituals, and that's when we do it. That's why we're like, oh, I don't feel like going to church today. But Jesus coming was calling us to a relationship with him. Good. An excitement. I see T. Lynn. She's been traveling so long with her daughter in soccer. But T. Lynn ordered poinsettias from Levi. And so you think, okay, I'm just going to deliver the poinsettias, just drop them off and get back home. You should have seen me and T. Lynn. I think we talked for about 30 minutes because we have relationship. Right. Me delivering poinsettias was not just a meaningless ritual. Mm. It's like I hadn't seen her in a while. I know her. We're in relationship. And so I didn't just drop them off. I stayed a little while. Mm. And we talked. A little puppy even came out and said hello. (laughs) And so when we leave worship in the box of religious ritual, that's what makes that doesn't seem very inviting. But the glad tidings of comfort and joy means, oh, I don't just have to go through the motions. I can actually have relationship. Back to the scripture. And I will give you rest, refreshing 
for your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Mm. Follow me as my disciple, for mm. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, yeah. renewal, blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and mm. my burden is light. Mm. So, so God rest you, married gentlemen, took me to Matthew 11 because mm. God is calling us to that rest, that peace, mm. that comfort, that acceptance mm. that he is God and God alone. The first promise that we see in Genesis from Genesis 3.15, the New Living Translation, the first promise from God actually points us to Christmas. Right. And in Genesis 3.15, it says, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman, he is speaking to the serpent, and between your offspring mm. and her offspring, he will strike your head, he being, meaning Jesus, and you will strike his heel. Right. So all the way back in Genesis, God's love for us was extending a gift knowing that he had given us free will and we were going to do what we wanted to do. We started it in the Garden of Eden, but he didn't leave us hopeless. So looking at Genesis 3, that God himself was already speaking of Christmas. Oh, that is a good, glad tiding of comfort and joy to me. It's not like we were in such sin and then, oh boy, let me go down there and see about these people. Right, Before right. we were ever here, God had a plan of rescue so and good. redemption because so he good. wanted to bring us into relationship mm. with him. Romans 16, 20 says this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Yeah. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Good. So wherever there is discomfort in your life, disharmony, disunity, discord, you've got a promise right here from Matthew to Genesis back to Romans that it will be well and God is with you. The birth of Jesus marked God's desire to restore relationship with himself and mankind. Mm. Remember, we're leaving religion behind and we are working ourselves into relationship. Mm. But what makes it hard to get into that relationship is because of sin that was that had come into the world from Genesis. The consequences from the fall brought about sorrow, pain, relational discord, sweat, and death. Mm-hmm. So when the song says, God keep you, mighty men, that means that all of those things that are, were brought into the world and that still exist and still nip at our heels that we have a promise from the coming of Jesus. Let this Christmas season be a time for us to prepare spiritually. Let us set aside a time to take spiritual inventory. Just ask yourself, even if you're on your way home, where am I with you, God? Mm. Not with, don't feel like you've got to get busy and start coming to church. That's good. And you've got to do all these things. No, no, no. That's what what I'm saying. When we take inventory, where am I? Out of this relationship will flow Mm. all those other things. Mm. And finally, Mm. this is the perfect time for us to renew our passion for Jesus. We don't have to wait for Easter. Christmas is upon us. And this is the perfect time to say, you know what, Jesus, I am going to accept that ultimate gift. I am going to be at rest. I am going to 
be full of thanksgiving. I am going to enjoy this Christmas so season. Not because my yard is prepared mm -hmm. or my house is prepared or all the cakes and pies are done on time, mm -hmm. but it's because I took time to look at you, Jesus, to accept your gift, and so therefore good. I can be at peace. Thank so you. So good. Awesome, awesome work. Do you receive that tonight, Convert? God rest ye merry gentlemen. That's so good. Just even the word study you did on rest and, and what it means to be merry. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you, baby. Awesome work. Fantastic reminder. And, uh, and I know that will minister to someone specifically because that's the season you might be in. Over the next few minutes, I'm just going to share with you briefly uh, what's on my uh, Christmas playlist. And uh, if I were to choose a song, uh, well, it actually would be two songs. But the theme of both of those songs would be hope. I think that's one of the messages and one of the themes that is central to the message and the meaning of Christmas. That at Christmas, God in Christ Jesus gives us hope. In the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our disappointments, in the midst of our failures and shortcomings, there is still hope in the story of Jesus. And so if I had to choose a song that would be in heavy rotation on my playlist, it would be these two. Here it is. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Here it is. And ransom captive Israel. Have you ever been in a season in your life when you just felt stuck? When you just felt like you were captive to your circumstances? Like every day seemed like Groundhog Day? Like it was just more of the same? And that's what that song is saying. Oh, come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. And come and ransom us. Come and set us free from this captivity. And if there was a second song that speaks of the hope of Christmas that Jesus delivered, it would be this, come thou long expected Jesus. That's them old school Christmas carols. That ain't Motown Silent Night by the Temptations. That's that old school Christmas carol that is filled with theology. Oh, come, thou long-expected Jesus. So when Pastor says, when Pastor Wendy talks about Jesus in Genesis 3.15, that when God spoke to the serpent and says, I will put hostility between you and the seed of the woman and her offspring is going to bruise your heel or crush your head and you'll bruise his heel, that's talking about Jesus. Jesus didn't start in Bethlehem, y'all. The Bible says in John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the same Jesus that shows up in Bethlehem is the same Jesus we see in John chapter 1 and verse 1 who was with God. He is the long-expected Jesus. He didn't start. The story of Jesus doesn't start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It starts long before that because he is both Alpha and Omega. So the scripture says, the song says, uh, 
Come, thou long-expected Jesus. It speaks of a nation of people who have waited for the fulfillment of the promise for generations. Not a year or two, not a decade or two, but a people, a nation of people who have been waiting for the promise of the Messiah to deliver them for generations. I don't know how long you've been waiting on God. Abraham waited 25 years for the fulfillment of the promise. David, 14. Joseph, 13. I don't know how long you've waited for the fulfillment of the promise. But there's something about tonight where God wants to stir hope in your heart once again And remind you that the promise may be delayed, it may be deferred, but it will not be denied. It will surely come to pass. So what is hope? Hope is defined, here it is, as a joyful, confident expectation. Woo! Listen, joyful. Pastor Wendy's alluded to it. I didn't even look at Pastor Wendy's notes. But happiness is circumstantial. Joy is a choice. So while I'm waiting on the fulfillment of the promise, I choose joy. While I'm waiting for my moment, I choose joy. While I'm waiting for my breakthrough, I choose joy. Most of us will only be happy when things are going well. And when things are going well, we say, God is good. And when we get into struggle, well, God ain't so good after all. No, God didn't change with your circumstances. If he was good when things were going well, he's still good in the midst of your turmoil. And so when I'm going through, what I have to choose is joy because one component of, of hope is joy. It is a choice. It is a joyful, here it is, second thing, confident. What are you fully persuaded about? Have you settled this thing once and for all about who God is and what God said and what God will do? Are you still vacillating? Are you still bouncing back and forth? Well, I know God is good, but is he good all the time? I know God is good, but will he be good to me? No, no. Hope is not only joyful, it is confident. It means you are fully persuaded that God will do what he said he would do. Amen. And the third thing, it is an expectation. Can I talk about that word, expectation? Yes. Because this is what most of us do now. We, we do this so that, that we say, well... Uh, I just won't have any expectations because if I don't have any expectations, then I won't be disappointed. And so what most of us do is bury our expectations, even our expectations of God. So if I don't expect God to do something for me, if it doesn't happen, I've got no reason to be disappointed. Yet there is no hope without expectation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The question to us tonight is, have you lost your expectation about God because of the delays and the things in your life that have been deferred? Mm. 
And I can tell you that it's equally, let me put it this way, it can be even more frustrating when you're doing all the right things and none of it is producing the desired results. Hmm? You and I both know when we're acting a fool. And so when life ain't going right, you can say, oh, yeah, uh, it's probably because I'm, I'm on the naughty list this year. But when you examine your life and you look at your life and you say, I'm doing everything right, Lord. What's the holdup? You know, one of the things I've learned is that when it seems like life, when it seems like God has put you on hold, don't hang up. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Uh, I don't know if this this way in South Africa, but in Liberia, if someone from Liberia calls you and you're on the phone with them, they can put you on hold for two, three minutes. <laughs> and the expectation is when I get done doing what I'm doing, you'll still be there when I get back. Right, right, right. Not so in the West. 30 seconds, oh, yeah, he'll call me back. If he doesn't call me back, whatever. I'm talking about what life used to look like before call waiting. Anybody remember? When you would call him up, this was the craziest thing, man. I had a major flashback because I called called my mentor, Bishop Johnson. And when I called him up, I actually got a busy tone. I was like, that's impossible. How could that happen in 2021? Because call waiting gave you access to people anytime you wanted. That was the coolest thing, man, back in the the early 90s. Y'all remember when they talk about call waiting? That you can pick, oh, what about caller ID? Because back in the day, you didn't even know who was calling. But then caller ID, the number will pop up. And and, and what we've done, listen, is we choose often to cast aside our expectation when it seems like God has put us on hold. And God wants to inspire hope in us. So here it is. I'm going to give you these, these three things quickly. Here it is. Great story. Great story in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, beginning at verse 5. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse number 5. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Hold up. Let me just stop right there. Because this guy was a man of God. Y'all know in the old church, right, when they're introducing the preacher, they call him a man of God. They put the D on the end. Listen, if you've earned your D, man, that means you next level. You might even have a big old pinky ring right here on your finger. That means you are a man of God. When you got the big crucifix and they put it in the pocket right here, that's next level. Zacharias was a man of God. He was a priest, and his name was Zacharias. He was of the division of Abijah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Somebody say pedigree. I'm talking about Aaron, right, where we get the Levitical priesthood. These were godly people. This was Moses' family because Aaron was Moses' brother. And, and, and not only was Zacharias a priest, his wife was of the tribe 
of Aaron. And it says that her name was Elizabeth. Here it is. And both of them were righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord are blameless. You could go through their lives with a fine-tooth comb and you would find nothing. But they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren. And now... They were both well advanced in years. How is it that you can love God, serve God your whole life, and the one thing you desire most is withheld? Not only withheld, in the natural, there's no possibility of you ever having it. No, no, this isn't Zacharias and Elizabeth in their youth. The scripture says they were now well advanced in years. I don't, I'm talking to somebody now who feels like your window of opportunity has closed. Can you still find hope in the story of Christmas? I promise you. <laughs> you know when a preacher say, I ain't going to be before you long. Come on, somebody. But I ain't going to be before you long. Then that's the place where somebody say, take your time, pastor. Come on, somebody say that back to me. Time, <laughs> you know the conversion people like, I ain't going to say it. Because if I say it, we're going to be here another two hours. That's how it works. When, pa- when the pastor say, I ain't going to be before you long, somebody should say, thank you for your permission because I'm about to. No, I'm just teasing. I'm, a, I'm just teasing. So notice what the scripture says in verse 8. I'm going to give you three things about hope and I'm out of your way. It says, so it was that while he was serving as priest, (laughs) let me just stop right there. You mean after everything you and your wife been through? All the stuff that didn't happen that you thought would, would, you're still serving God? I'm talking to somebody now who has thrown in the towel And giving up on God. I'm talking about you, who the one who has cast off the expectation. Because if I stop expecting God to do it, then maybe I won't be disappointed. Because disappointment and exasperation set in when what I am experiencing doesn't match what I expected. God, I expected you to do this. This is what I'm experiencing. And that gap in between determines the degree of your exasperation. Yet in the midst of that, the scripture says, Zacharias found himself serving in the house of the Lord. Let me tell you what hope does. Number one, hope holds its position. Hope has a posture that says, no matter what happens, I will not be moved. In the midst of everything you and your wife been through, your life, you well advanced in years and you still, yeah, still serve. Number one, <laughs> I wish I had time to work this thing, but I got to let y'all go. Huh? The scripture says in verse 8, so it was while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Anybody ready for the rest of the story? 
because the rest of the story is the angel showed up and announced to Zacharias what God was about to do, not while he was at home licking his wounds. The angel showed up while he was serving in the midst of his pain. Because hope will always hold its position. Where did God show up? He showed up where Zacharias was. And there was a place of surrender and service to God. Let me tell you one of the greatest, the greatest weapons of the enemy while you wait. Y'all ready for this? Let me tell you one of the greatest weapons the enemy will throw at you while you wait. First one is weariness. Listen to me, you just get tired. And you ain't got nothing left in you. Living with an empty tank. And that's part of the, the enemy's tactic. Because Here's why. We talked about joy, but remember the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the moment you stop choosing joy, you have opened the door for all of your strength to leave your life. That's the work of the enemy. Because if I can steal their joy, I will replace their joy while they wait with weariness. And if you're weary, you ain't got no strength to carry on another day. It is, a, it is the work of the enemy. Yet... Zacharias held his position and his position and his posture was I ain't gonna let this thing get me weary mm. Amen. I'm gonna hope in the Lord yes. because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, their strength. Yes. they shall mount up with wings as eagles yes. they will run not and not be weary they will walk and not faint if you're weary if you're weary, it's a weapon of the enemy while you wait. Number two, woundedness. Some of us ain't tired, we just wounded. <laughs> I'm talking about the kind of woundedness that will stop you in your tracks. <laughs> the kind of woundedness that will knock the breath out your lungs. I'm talking about woundedness from another human. That's what the enemy does while we wait. He wounds us or he will try to wear us out. And the only thing, the only thing that will keep you going while you wait is hope that maintains its position and the kind of hope that will protect, protect you from weariness and woundedness. And this is where I close. One closing. Woundedness and weariness. Verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, the angel came to him and said, you're about to have a baby. This thing you've been waiting on, now is the time. And notice what he said. Notice what he said. He said, how will I know this? Here it is. For I am an old man. Somebody say weariness. weariness. And my wife is well advanced in years. That's the woundedness. It's too late, Lord. Too late. My body can't even facilitate this miracle. 
Hold up, Zacharias. That's why it's called a miracle. <laughs> Final point. I wish I had time, y'all, to work this thing, but this is where I'm going. Hope. Hope. <laughs> Hope trusts the process. Hope trusts the process. Notice, and the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. He said, you know how you can trust this, what I'm saying? It's because I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. And he sent me to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings, this good news. Listen, the angel showed up and said, I stand in God's presence. And he sent me from his presence to you to tell you your season of weariness and woundedness is over. And then it goes on. I got to wrap this up. Long story short, Elizabeth conceives in her old age. But can I just tell you why all of this is happening? Why it seemed like God had put Zacharias and Elizabeth on hold? He had put Zacharias and Elizabeth on hold because there was a young maiden named Mary who was Elizabeth's cousin. God now has chosen Mary, this young virgin, to be the mother of the Messiah. But the Messiah can't come until John the Baptist is born. John the Baptist can't come until God says it's time for Jesus to come. The reason John the Baptist can't come is because John the Baptist is supposed to be the precursor to Jesus. It's his cousin, and Jesus can't come until John the Baptist comes so that John the Baptist can announce him. And how many of you realize that while you wait, it could be because God has your miracle connected to his divine purpose? And we think it's just that God forgot about me. No, 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 no. God says, while you wait, while you waiting, I'm preparing. I'm preparing Mary and Joseph for the Messiah. And six months, listen to me, six months after Elizabeth conceived, the same angel Gabriel shows up at Mary's door and say, you about to have a baby. And you know what she said? Same thing as I can. How this going to happen seeing I've never known a man? Can I just say to you that sometimes God does a miracle in somebody else's life so that when you see what he did in their life, you will have the faith to believe for what he wants to do in your life. And if God did it for Elizabeth, surely he can do it for Mary. And guess where Mary goes? Notice when you read the story, we ain't got time. When you go read the story, first place Mary went, after she realized she was carrying Messiah, she went and stayed with Mary. I mean, Elizabeth. In fact, when Mary spoke to Elizabeth, the miracle in Elizabeth's womb jumped as the miracle in Mary's womb jumped. Listen to me. And guess where she stayed? She stayed with Elizabeth three months. You know what that infers? Some Bible commentators say that Mary's house was so hostile, knowing that she was pregnant out of wedlock, that she couldn't even stay in her own house with her own mama and daddy. 
she had to go to her cousin who understood the miraculous power of God. This is the pain that surrounds the birth of Jesus. It wasn't all easy for those of us who think that if God's in it, it's going to be effortless. I'm talking about Mary living with the threat that her fiancé, Joseph, was going to put her away. Isn't that what the Bible said? That her fiancé, Joseph, was going to put her away privately because he was a righteous man and didn't want to shame her. This is the kind of pain associated with the birth of Messiah. And this is what the Lord wants to restore to you tonight. While you wait, let hope be your posture because hope stays in position. Number two, let hope, that joyful, confident expectation that God will do what he promised, let it protect your heart against weariness and woundedness. And number three, hope will always trust God's process. Because what God is doing is not only about me. It could be about all the things around me and connected to me that have to come together according to his plan and his purpose. Father, we thank you for your word. Tonight I pray, God, that every Mary man and every Mary woman, every mighty man and every mighty woman in this place will find rest in you that we will find our hope in you once again. Because God, you can do all things but fail. You can do all things but fail. You can do all things but fail. And so tonight, we choose to rest in this joyful, confident expectation that your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Tonight, if you watch this sermon, and you just need someone to pray with you, send us an email to echurch at weareconverged.com. Someone from our team will reach out to you, pray for you. We also want to send you some resources that will help you uh, discover what it looks like to walk with Jesus and discover the hope that is found only in Christ. That email is echurch at weareconverged.com. I don't know what's going to be on your Christmas playlist, but I pray that it includes the person, the power, the purpose, and the plan of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Did that help anybody tonight? Why don't you stand with us? We kept you a little bit longer than we planned. Again, on your way out, on your way out, you will get invite cards that you're going to share over the next several weeks with the people in your circle of influence because we want them to hear this message of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Once again, thank you so much for being here. T-Lynn, it was awesome to see you. Give my love to my brother. And listen, Julia Stearns is in the house, our miracle man. My 12-year-old miracle Levi legend is in the house as well. Looking swaggy, as always. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you now to bless us and keep us. Ah, Father, we ask you, we ask you, God, in Jesus' name, that your face would shine upon us and that you would be gracious unto us, that you would turn your countenance toward us and that, God, you would grant us your peace this holiday season 
your peace that passes all understanding in Christ Jesus and everyone who believes said amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.